0: Being a creator is challenging. You're trying to build your business, work with brands, and maybe you're also balancing a nine to five and considering taking your content creation Hobby to a full-time job. And sometimes this industry can feel so competitive and so lonely. Other creators aren't always open about the challenges that they face and the questions that they have, making you honestly feel like you're the only one struggling. But I'm here to tell you today that you're absolutely not alone in your struggles. I deal with them and so does every other creator. We all compare ourselves to other creators and feel a sense of imposter syndrome. That's not uncommon. We all go through challenges figuring out how to charge our worth as a creator or as a business owner in general. We all agree to a collaboration that, looking back, probably did not have the best terms, but... If we can talk about the struggles we're facing as creators, we can help each other avoid being scammed or underpaid or make bad business moves because there's room for all of us and we should be able to help each other through all of these struggles that we're facing, right? I'm Kristen Bousquet and I've been a full-time creator for over three years and I've brought in over $350,000 from sponsored posts and content creation collaborations with brands so far. Social Scoop is a podcast where we teach you, the entrepreneurial creator, to turn your online influence and creativity into creativity into a profitable, self-sustaining business. Today, we're here with a true expert on the creator economy. Aomi of Canopy is a startup founder by day and TikTok creator by night. After three years of working in the creator economy at TikTok and Jelly Smack, and then becoming a creator herself, she noticed that the industry was plagued with information asymmetry. So she decided to found Canopy, a dedicated community for creators to crowdsource information to accelerate their careers and spill the tea in a safe space. Today, we're diving into the struggles that every creator faces as they build their businesses, because this job is anything but easy. We're giving you the scoop on exactly how to overcome these challenges. We're sure that you've had at some point in your career as a creator. This, my best BFF, is Social Scoop. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 106 of Social Scoop Podcast. My name is Kristen, and as always, I'm so excited that you're here. But let me tell you, this week, I'm actually way, way, way more excited because I have some announcements. I feel like I very rarely come on with like some real exciting announcements. But today, I'm just billing them all to you. Okay. First things first, uh, we have a brand new podcast cover photo. It feels a lot more in line with our branding. And I honestly hope it's just as eye catching as our past cover photo was. Let me know what you guys think of it. But if you're looking for social scoop and you're like, wait, whoa, what what's happening? We have a new cover photo. So exciting. Also, this is the last week of social scoop before our summer break. Yes, Kristen is taking a break. Can you even believe it? Honestly, I am shocked myself. We will be on break from today until the end of August, returning for episode 107 on August 29th. So we've got a few weeks off. I don't even know what I'm going to do with my spare time, but I'm going to try and have some fun, I guess. When we are back, you're going to notice that our episode format will look a little different. So I wanted to make this change in format so that I had the opportunity to dive. Deeper into specific topics that I want to coach you on. And honestly, with guest interviews, sometimes we don't have the opportunity to go super deep into topics. So from August 29th on, we will be releasing mostly solo episodes that. Pull out the magnifying glass on a topic that you want to learn more about. And these episodes are going to be a little bit shorter so that you can easily listen to the entire episode in one sitting. And don't worry, the news portion is not going anywhere. I pulled you guys on this and you guys were like very upset when I said that I was considering (laughs) getting rid of it. So it is not something that is leaving. Don't worry, you will still get the news here every week. Also, starting on August 29th, we will be releasing all of our upcoming podcast episodes on YouTube as well. So to remain evergreen with our YouTube content, the news portion is actually only going to be available in the podcast audio version. But if you prefer to watch your podcast, you're going to be able to see that solo deep dive portion of Social Scoop via YouTube as well. I'm so excited about these changes. Shifts and pivots of any kind in business can be really, really scary. But honestly, nothing great happens from staying comfortable. So So here it goes we have actually got some pretty exciting news this week in the world of social media and the creator economy as well first things first tiktok has added an option to create text posts this whole like text only type of post thing is obviously like making uh some sort of like a a splash here considering threads is like a text only for the most part platform um TikTok is adding this option here. So the display is actually pretty similar to Instagram stories um, where you can write text only on those. So you can add a full screen of text, but you can have music and stickers along with it. These text posts can be up to a thousand characters long and you will be able to include tags and hashtags. I actually have not seen one of these show up like on my FYP or anything like that. I haven't played around with it yet, but I'm actually really excited to. One thing that you guys know at this point, right, is if, any of these apps come out with new features, it's typically pretty smart to get on them quick, because a lot of the times they will push those things out. Um, That's actually something that a lot of people are seeing right now with TikTok shops, uh, is really like if you're tagging products, your videos are getting pushed out a little bit more. So it's there's definitely some truth in that they want you to be using these new features. So they they do push out the content so people can say, Hey, what's this? I want to try it. So keep that in mind with text only posts coming out on TikTok threads is working on a your likes section. So under the settings area, you'll be able to see your likes where you can view content that you've liked on the app. And this is actually something that I was just thinking about for Instagram. Um, I saw an ad and I, I missed it. Like I wish I, I clicked out of it too fast and I wish I didn't because I really wanted to like look into it and I could never find it again. And I feel like this also happens to me very frequently with just like content in general. So I love this idea that you'll be able to see a section of your likes in the app. Threads also just... Just added a following feed. So it is gonna show in chronological order. Yes, we love chronological order. I know. They also added new sorting options for your activity feed so that you can filter by follows, quotes, and reposts. I love this because I felt like it was a little chaotic in the like activity section of threads. So I'm really excited that they are like starting to get a little bit more organization. My type A soul is feeling a lot. Less chaotic. We're here for it. This is a really interesting piece of news, kind of scary. Um, Instagram is working on the ability to label content that were created or modified by AI. Obviously, you guys know AI is making a huge splash in our industry, um, but it's kind of scary when someone creates a piece of content with AI. How do you know if it's real or not? Like, you don't. (laughs) A lot of the times, it's so like real, but it's created by AI. Like it's so easy to almost be fooled by what was created by a human and what was not. Like I'm sure you guys have seen on TikTok, there's that like, oh, I'm going to get a new LinkedIn profile photo using AI. Um, and I tried it actually, side note, and mine were so crazy. My I had like four fingers in most of my photos. Um, and I looked like I had like 16 pounds of makeup on. I personally did not like the way that mine came out, but I've seen so many TikTok videos of them that I'm shocked at how good they look. Um, So AI is scary, moral of the story, but this can actually help users basically be more aware of what content was created by AI and what was created by, you know, humans. Um, So that is something that you'll be able to actually label in Instagram. I don't know if you have to label it or if people like, you know, like kind of report it as AI. I'm not really sure because why would someone say, I didn't actually make this. AI did. (laughs) Who knows? We'll find out. Now, I don't typically share, a lot of news about Twitter here aka X as they just went through this very interesting rebranding as we talked about last week Um, but I did want to share this one piece of news because if you are a Twitter slash X user this could be very helpful X announced that creator ad revenue share programs are uh, now available for eligible creators so the requirements are that you have to be subscribed to be that verified uh, like user where you pay to be verified Um, you also have to have at least 15 million impressions on your cumulative posts within the last three months. Wow. Um, And at least 500 followers. And essentially, creators won't be able to receive a payout until they reach at least $50 in cumulative ad revenue, Um, I don't know how many of us are going to be using this. I would be curious to know, are you guys like TikTok stars? Or I would be curious to know if you guys are like Twitter stars over here. Um, let me know. Let me know. Honestly, I'm spending more time on threads for sure versus Twitter. But I thought this would be important to share with you in case you are super into Twitter. Now, today's guest I'm so excited for because Aomi it created Canopy, which it hasn't released yet. But guys, it's going to be so awesome. Like, basically, this is kind of like the organized Reddit for creators, but it's all anonymous. So we'll talk about it more in the episode. But you may have seen me share on my stories, some posts on Instagram from Canopy because I am helping with their social media. So if you see any of their posts, make sure to give them some extra love. And I hope you guys love this episode and can Speaking from experience, it is very difficult to build a business as a creator. And there are just so many struggles that we are all going through. And I think it's important for us to have a conversation to A, share what we are going through, but also to be, share that you're not alone if you're listening to this and you're like, wow, all of those things are things that I'm struggling with as well. Um, So I'm so excited to have um, Iomi here, who is ex-TikTok and now the CEO and founder of Canopy. So thank you so much for being here. I'm excited.
1: Thank you for having me. Honestly, Kristen, I'm so excited to be here. I have been an avid listener of Social Scoop for such a long time. So to actually be a guest in the podcast (laughs) is a real full circle moment for me.
0: I love that. That makes me so excited. Um, so for anyone who is listening, give us the rundown of who you are and what you do.
1: Yeah, for sure. So my entryway into the creator economy space was three years ago in the pandemic. I downloaded TikTok March 2020, like most people, fell in love with TikTok and then DM them asking for a job and the rest is kind of history. So three months later, I had my job with TikTok. I was there for over two years, had a front row seat to the rise of short form video and the whole... Drama with the executive order, which is a story—a tea time for another day. Um, I was there for two years, had an amazing time. I then worked at Jelly Smack for a little bit as well, and um, really just enjoyed seeing creators rise. But when I was working at these companies that do, you know, amazing things to help creators grow, I also saw that there was a lack of transparency in the space, which really meant that creators sort of. Out here hustling, trying to make a living, but it, it was actually a lot harder than, than I expected it to be. So that's kind of why I went on to found Canopy, which is an anonymous but verified platform <clears throat> for creators to be able to crowdsource information and spill the tea. So now I would describe myself as a full time founder, and I'm also a part time TikToker on the side as well.
0: I am like very shocked that you just DM TikTok and they answered and you got a job. So can you actually like (laughs) dive into that? Like, what did you say? What did that look
1: like? I just I'm a millennial to reveal my age, Um, and so I grew up on Facebook and Instagram, and I remember just downloading TikTok and scrolling forever endlessly on the for you page, thinking I have not felt this excited and addicted to a social media platform in such a long time. (laughs) Yeah, and I was just thinking to myself. I really want a new challenge and I really want to be a part of this company. And I just, I don't know about how everyone else felt, I just felt super excited by the concept of what TikTok was doing and how, you know, I was, how did it know me so well? Like, what was the secret to this algorithm? Like I needed to know some answers. So I looked up roles on their careers, careers site. I found a role in in the communications and PR team that I thought I might be good for. And then I just started stalking people who worked at TikTok on like LinkedIn and and professional networks. Okay. Professional stalking Um, (laughs) until I found someone who worked in that team. And then I cold DM them and said, Hey, I'm obsessed with this app. And I really want to come and work with wow. this app and build this product. Do you, would you be able to get on a call with me? And then literally that the rest, the rest was history. I just started the interview process through that one DM.
0: That is such a cool story. I love that. It actually reminds me a lot of kind of like my method of, of teaching pitching for brand partnerships. Like right. I hate the, the cold pitch that's like copy and paste to like just the general PR email. Cause most of the time, like nothing comes of it. It's kind of a waste of time. Um, right. And so I always encourage creators to network with like the actual people, you know, on LinkedIn right. who are working at these brands and finding ways to connect with them. So I love that that like, has come full circle. That's very cool.
1: 100% um, as well. And I feel like those, those cold outreach templates, if they're not personalized with some sort yeah. of human connection, some human story about you and why you're a great fit for this brand and you're obsessed with this brand, you're probably not going to hit back from those people because they get hundreds of these emails a day. Right. So I think it's about making a personal connection with them.
0: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like especially big brands, they're getting probably hundreds every single day and they all like even if you personalize them a little bit, they all pretty much say the same thing at the end of the day. So, I definitely love the idea of of personalizing as much as possible. Um so sure. I'm I'm curious like you you kind of go on to become this startup founder and I'm sure that you're experiencing this just like crazy chaos of building something and not knowing if it's going to work and not knowing what it's going to look like (laughs) and investors and all, like it's so, it's so such a like robust experience. And so one of the things that I know a lot of the creators that I work with uh, experience is this idea of just like imposter syndrome. You know, I'm building this thing, whether, you know, it's a startup or a digital product, or they're just building their creator profiles on, on Instagram or on TikTok. And they're like, what am I doing here? Like, am I right for this? How do I get through this? The imposter syndrome, I feel like can be so real so I'm curious if you feel it and if so like how do you deal with that on a daily basis
1: well firstly I do feel it like every day um when I wake up I'm like is this real life am I really <laughs> pitching myself and speaking to these people and asking for investment and meeting amazing creators and asking them to join yeah. my platform Like every day I think is a constant struggle but I think there's a lot of similarities between being an entrepreneur and being a content creator because effectively a creator who's trying to build a business is a solopreneur now you yeah. are the face of the business you are the marketing person the admin person the strategist you're everything in between um, and it's, a, it's overwhelming and i think you really can't let imposter syndrome get in the way and it's something that i has really stuck with me is actually something that alex cooper said on a podcast i think she did a couple yeah. of years ago saying you really have to believe in this and you really have to be another level of delusional and really <laughs> believe that you're going to make it and that this is true because that's the kind of confidence you need to walk into every meeting. Every yeah. time you meet with someone and you're pitching your business or you're pitching your content, that's the kind of confidence you have to walk in. And if you don't believe in it wholeheartedly, why yeah. would someone else believe in it? And that's really stuck in my mind. Obviously, Call Her Daddy started in, in a part in a one bedroom apartment and then she signed a $60 million deal with, yeah. with Spotify, the biggest, I think, in podcast history with them. So, you know, she really believed that that was, that was going to happen. So I think constantly just not giving yourself such a hard time and there are always going to be ups and downs and the reality is you just have to keep believing even through the downs that this yeah. is the path you're meant to be on and I think that's why it comes down to loving what you do the most successful creators that I've worked with um whether I've spoken to or have relationships with or I've seen through my time at TikTok jelly smack are the creators who are obsessed with their content like they don't give up the they don't give up editing and outsourcing yeah. it because they actually they love the process of creating content and creating high quality content and therefore for them it's not It's not just a job. It's something they are so passionate about. And that passion comes through to your audience. That's how you build a following because people are bought into it. That's how you get investment. That's how you get amazing opportunities outside of just brand partnerships. You're building a business and a brand because that passion and authenticity really comes through your work.
0: Yeah, it almost reminds me. I was watching uh, a Colin and Samir interview with Mr. Beast, and it's like he is so fascinating. Obviously, he's built such like this giant YouTube empire, and every interview I've ever seen with Colin and Samir and him in every video, he always says, "I'm just trying to make the best videos I can. I'm trying to like right. that's all he cares about is just like making really good videos, and obviously that's gotten him, uh, you know, so far. But another thing you said that this is kind of off topic, but it just reminded me of it um, with this idea of like you have to almost be a little delusional, right? <laughs> like to, and it's true. Absolutely. Like, because how do we know what's gonna work out? But like, if you just like, who cares about what the circumstances are? Like, it's gonna work out. Um, it almost reminds me of is her name Elizabeth Holmes? The the girl that had a documentary Th- on Netflix about Th- her. Fair enough. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> and I remember watching that and just being like, I can't tell if she is like sh- like tricking people or if she's just like so like she really believes it that you know like this is gonna come to life the way she thinks it is and I just it almost kind of reminds me of that like you have to be on like another level of like no this is going to work out obviously in her situation that did not work. Out at all.
1: <laughs> she was a little too. She was a little too delusional, I think. Um, but there's no, a fine I think, there's a fine line. There's a fine line, and unfortunately, she crossed it. But no, I think you really do have to do have to believe in this bigger picture, of vision, and dream yeah. um, for it to come true to an extent. And I think this whole idea of being delusional. It's very popular on TikTok. There's a lot of videos, yeah. a lot of content about being DeLulu on TikTok, DeLulu, yeah. <laughs> um, which is, which is funny, but honestly, I do watch a lot of that content and especially on my down days, I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to keep going because I believe in this so much that I believe, you know, I can make, I can make this work. So I do think you've got to be really resilient as a creator, yeah. as a solopreneur and entrepreneur um, and just stick and stick with it.
0: Yeah. I think when you are having those thoughts of imposter syndrome, it's almost like bringing you back a few steps, you know, like you're working against yourself when you're telling yourself like, this is crazy. It's not going to work out. What am I doing? But I, in my experience as an entrepreneur opening businesses and after all of the things that I've gone through in every situation that I've been like, maybe this is a good idea. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I've been like let's just try it and see what happens. Like that's always been kind of my motto. And I feel like if I were letting imposter syndrome, like scare me out of all of those opportunities, I would probably still be like working at the mall, like living in my small little town, like probably miserable. So I think being again, a little delusional and not letting that imposter syndrome, obviously it's going to creep in. Of course, that's literally impossible for it not to, but I think managing it and, and
1: how much it creeps in is the most important part. 100%. And and again, like the reality I always say to myself is what's the worst that's going to happen? Mm-hmm. I feel like you should always shoot your shot, whether that is a DM or, or you know, reaching out to someone you've been <laughs> yeah. following for a long time on social media to become friends with them. Like what's the worst that can happen? They don't respond. That's okay. The best that can happen yeah. is that they actually respond and new new doors, opportunities, friendships are formed. And You know, I I got my job at TikTok through a DM. I also got my job at Jelly Smack through a DM as well. Oh, my gosh. Um, So really, DMs have have, have really been paying off. (laughs) So always shoot your shot, I think, is is my takeaway.
0: I love that. Um, And I mean, as you're building this business, obviously... You know, like being in TikTok and being in J- Jelly Smack, like you've seen how these big companies are are running their companies. And also as a creator, like you've you've been running your company um solo there. When you are starting to build a business, there are so many learning curves and like things you maybe just didn't even think were like part of running a business. And I'm sure you're learning so much of this now, especially with like investments and things like that. How can creators figure out how to run a lucrative business? Like what does that whole experience really look like?
1: For sure. And it simply comes down to you don't know what you don't know. And that Mm. is really unfortunate because it's not a level playing field. And in the creator space, there is not enough transparency in the space. Mm. So I feel like creators are always on the back foot compared to the platforms and the brands, for example, because you don't have access to information, which is really frustrating. Yeah. So I would say as an interim step, I think building your creator network is so important. Think about it as your peer group, your friendship group almost. Right. Because, you know, in life, when you're having struggles or challenges, you turn to your friends, you say, Hey, I'm going through this right now. Have you ever gone through this before? Like, do you have any advice for me? Could you help me? if you had a professional job in like corporate America, you would turn to your manager or to, you know, a friend you have, a colleague and say, hey, I'm really struggling. Could you help me? So what's the equivalent in the creator space? It's turning to other creators, creators who are maybe more established than you or just have more experience and have gone through these challenges. So, hey, have you ever worked with this brand before? Or, hey, you know, I'm trying to set up my company. Should it be an LLC or should it be something else? Like, I'm not quite sure how to set it up. So I think, investing in not just building relationships with brands and with companies that can pay you, obviously that's very important, <laughs> but also building relationships with your peer group, other content creators who are either in your same content niche, same same stage you are in, work on the same platform as you, or in your same location. So you can go and shoot content together, you know, if mm-hmm. you want to, I think really investing in those relationships and building your, your network, your, your little tribe of other creator friends is super important because that, those are the people you can turn to when you need help. Um, And those are the people who, when you don't know what to do, because you just simply haven't gone through it yet, you can, they can hopefully help you.
0: Yeah. I think logistically, it's obviously very helpful to have someone to be able to ask those questions to, but also just kind of, again, like you were saying, like as, as a friendship too, you know, like when you are dealing with the imposter syndrome or whatever feelings are are coming up in your business, because Definitely, is a roller coaster. Right. I think having just people who like get it, who are going through the same things, is is just so important. And this is like a huge part of what you're building at Canopy,
1: too. For sure, and I think as well, being a creator, entrepreneur, solopreneur, it's, it's a really lonely journey. Mm. I think that's been my biggest yeah. learning so far. To be honest with you, it's it's lonely if you don't have other friends, people in your sphere who are also going through it, it's really hard to explain what does it mean. You know, as a creator, you're always on, right? You're always taking content. That's your job. And I think people who aren't in that space don't understand that and just find you quite annoying because you're getting (laughs) at your camera, you're trying to shoot content, (laughs) even if it's just b-roll content, and they don't understand that this is actually your work. This is your profession. If you don't do this, if you're not constantly posting your engagement drops, therefore your rates might drop and you know it has knock-on implications. But for Canopy, we are effectively building this platform where creators can meet each other and can spill the tea, share information, get get knowledge, get information to make better decisions. Because again, you don't know what you don't know. And often that means you're underpricing yourself, you're yes. not reaching out to opportunities that actually you are eligible for. You don't know when creator programs are launching, when new features are launching that you should be jumping onto or new trends are launching. Because things like the algorithms with all the platforms are changing all the time. But if you're not if right. you to stay up to date with what, well, how many platforms do we have now? Threads <laughs> just launched. Like I can't keep up. Too many. <laughs> Too many. So I think for, for me, that's why I, re- I really am excited about what we're building at Canopy. Because if you're a creator of any stage, you can go on anonymously and just post the, post the stupid question and say, yeah. hey how do I build a media kit? How do I pitch a brand? Which brands work with smaller creators? You know, Mm -hmm. things you don't know, especially when you're getting started, all the way to when you're, you know, building a business. It's a place you can go and throw up those questions and get quality information back from other creators who have gone through it.
0: Right. And I think like one of the coolest things about it is that it is anonymous, because I think as creators, or even business owners in general, like, our ego sometimes gets in the way, you know, we want to, we know how to do everything, right? Like we figured it out this far, (laughs) but I think sometimes we're afraid to ask those questions because we don't want to like sound dumb or like, we don't know what we're doing. And I know like for me as a coach, like that's something I've had to get really comfortable with because people are always coming to me for the right answer. But sometimes people ask me things that I don't know the answer to. And I'm just like, I have to go find this for you because I don't know the answer. But like, it's sometimes scary to admit that. So I love the idea that it is anonymous. And I think people will be so much more willing to share with it being anonymous as well, because some people are are scared because they don't want the brand to find right. out that they said something or whatever it is. So so much more information can get can be shared when we're not so afraid of other people seeing who's sharing it.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And that was a lot of the feedback we've got from the creators we've been working with. And it's funny you say that about this stupid question. I was speaking to a creator of the day who is incredibly successful, you know, has 2 million followers on TikTok, full-time, has under-management. Yeah. And I asked her, like, you know, why would you use Canopy? Because you're, you're so successful as a creator. You have a team around you now as well. Right. And she said, it's really hard to keep up with what's going on. And at this point, because I have a manager and a team, it wouldn't be okay for me to ask these questions in public. Yeah. Because it would seem as if I'm not a professional in what I do. And it's not that I'm not a professional. It's just that there's, there's, the space is still so young. There's so much yeah. change happening. There's a lot to keep up to date with. So I think providing that safe space for creators to go to, where they're not going to be judged, it's okay to ask a stupid yeah. question, I think is going to be really, really helpful, hopefully. And that kind of unlock just new opportunities and access to information.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree. That's definitely I think one of the like smartest parts about the whole um the whole site. So, I am curious too. I mean, a lot of the creators that I work with are saying, you know, this is what I want to do as my full-time job. Like, I maybe work a full-time job now and I'm ready to like actually go full-time uh with being a creator. But obviously making the jump from like the stability of having a nine to five job, having health insurance, that's a big one. Um, And knowing that someone is above you telling you what you need to do. Like there's so many differences from being in that environment to being a solopreneur. Um, What kind of tips do you have for someone who's looking to make that change? Like how do they know when they're ready? How do they, uh, what do they can, to consider when they're kind of deciding to make that change or not.
1: For sure. So firstly I would say that's a really, really big leap to make. And it's not mm-hmm. a leap that should be made lightly. Yeah. Um, and I think the more creators I've spoken to who who have who have been able to make that leap, there's been one consistent piece of feedback and that is that takes about 12 months to be able to make the decision to make that leap. Yeah. And by 12 months, that's because you need to understand what does your income look like for the next 12 months. So really, it's not looking for one off brand partnerships. It's looking for longer-term deals where right. you know you're going to have a consistent source of income every month and taking into account things like health insurance and taxes, mm-hmm. you know. I know taxes aren't very fun so to fun. talk about, but <laughs> it's really, really important to think about that. Um, yeah. So I think for me, it's this is not an overnight decision you can take. And ultimately, you need to set yourself milestones. to be like, If I've achieved these milestones over the next 12 months, i.e. I've secured – three long-term partnerships. I have a minimum income per month coming in of X. That's enough to sustain my life and insurance and things like that. And I'm still enjoying what I'm doing. And I believe like I'm focusing on my goals. I've got growth goals across my platforms. I'm going multi-platform as well to, you know, increase Mm revenue. I think once you have those goals set out and if you've achieved them, then that should be how you make the decision. It shouldn't be, unfortunately, it can't be because you love what you're doing or because (laughs) you've had one good month. One good month, Is not stability, ultimately. Um, And as you know, you can have one great month and then you can have three months with no no Mm -hmm. work. And also as a creator, payment terms do not lean in the favor of creators. No. You have to wait sometimes 90 days after you've submitted your content, the post goes out till you get payment and then you spend time chasing it. So you really need to understand what your cash flow looks like. And again, you just can't rely on this one-off brand deal. So I think taking a longer-term approach and having longer-term partnerships in place I think is really important, but I would set out a 12 month plan of what your goals are um, before you even consider making that leap to go full time.
0: Yeah. I think that's a a really great reminder because especially with TikTok and how quickly some people grow on there, they're like, oh, I hit a million followers. Perfect. I can quit my job. And, and it's right. like, wait, whoa, have you even like worked with any brands yet? You know, like, because it happens so quickly, they just assume that they can, you know, make that decision. But I, I do think having the patience to wait it out and, and make that decision in a way that's very smart and well thought out is obviously going to be very beneficial for you in the future. Um patience, I think, is is difficult for a lot of, of <laughs> us, for sure. I know I'm very impatient. <laughs> I can't help it.
1: No, for sure. And I think as well, you have to look about look at it as if it's a it's another career path. So if you were changing yeah. jobs, it probably takes about six months to find another job and go through the interview process and get the offer and things like that. And then maybe you leave a month later. So it's still a long process to change jobs. You wouldn't do that overnight. You wouldn't just suddenly wake up one day and say, I'm going to quit my job without having another job lined up. (laughs) I don't think most, anyway, I don't think most people do that. (laughs) Um, So think about it like that. This is another career path for you. So you should be preparing as if it's your next chapter of your career. And that's not a decision you want to make lightly. You want to make sure it's going to help you. And that is taking you to another level and that you're not struggling when you do make the switch.
0: Yeah. And one thing I do think is very important as well. I don't know that it's necessarily mandatory for every creator, but I think for kind of like the everyday, you know, micro influencer, uh, kind of level, if you are going to be full-time, I do think having multiple streams of revenue outside of just brand partnerships and, you know, affiliate links, like I wouldn't even consider those like, multiple streams like they're still under the same umbrella of working with brands um you know like having some sort of other offer or other service or something else that you offer because I know for me uh 2021 and 2022 brand partnerships probably accounted for 70 to 80 percent of my income and coaching was like a very small portion of that. Um, and this year it's very different because I shifted the way that I was creating. I was, I'm creating now mostly towards kind of like targeting people who are looking for a coach. Yeah, exactly. So, um, brands have reached out to me a little bit less. Like I work with a lot of brands that are for creators, but I'm not necessarily working with wine brand, like right. I w- was in, in previous years. Um, so that has been like a, a big shift for me. And I'm thankful that I have my multiple streams of revenue still doing brand partnerships. But now that probably accounts for 40% of my income, whereas coaching is closer to that 60%. So I think having both of those to kind of like some months are going to be better with, with some, some months will be better with the other. Uh, it makes you feel so much more secure when it comes to like, how am I going to be paying my bills like how do I save for right. taxes and all of that
1: other super fun stuff <laughs> no absolutely I think it's so important to diversify your income streams yes. as a creator you can't rely on just brand partnerships that's for sure and I think it's also, also diversifying your platforms I think as yeah. a creator you need to be multi-platform and that's actually something I noticed at VidCon this year every creator I spoke to I you know my first question was oh like what type of content do you create, you know, what platforms are you on? And everyone said consistently, I'm multi-platform. I'm on all the platforms. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been a real change and evolution over the last probably two years where people used to have a stronghold on one and then kind of do a bit of the other platforms. Right. Whereas now you need to be across all platforms and it makes financial sense yeah. to be across platforms, you know, especially for, even when you're pitching a brand, you don't, you can just say, not just that you do TikTok, I do TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, like these are all the things I can do for you. Like you're you're effectively upselling, increasing your rates, increasing the the scope of brand deal. But also each platform has their own ad revenue model. I know a lot of creators who are doing really, really well on YouTube right now. TikTok's just obviously launched their creativity program that's actually doing pretty well, much better than their previous creator fund. So I think it's so important to not only diversify what you're selling, whether it's brand partnership, digital products, being a, you know, uh, selling merch and things like that, but also being multi-platform as well.
0: Yeah, that was kind of a hard pill for me to swallow. I got on TikTok in 2020, but I always looked at it as like my second priority after Instagram. And I would always put so much time and energy into Instagram. And so many of the times I was like, I love this. Like, this is what I'm used to. This is what's comfortable. So that's why I'm doing it. But then the more I would use TikTok and and get new members in my membership from TikTok or get someone to sign up for my course for TikTok, I'm like, why is why am I always looking this at this as my second priority? And so that's kind of a shift that I've made this year is you know spending more time on TikTok, doing lives and things like that. And it really has changed the the way that I'm making money. But right. it was so hard for me because Instagram's where I grew up. Like that's yeah. where I'm comfortable. <laughs> you know, like that's where my, my loyal people are. And I, I know everyone there, but I think being in multiple places, you're right at this point, it's kind of, inevitable.
1: Right. And again, I feel, I think it definitely will feel uncomfortable to begin with. And it's a massive Mm -hmm. investment of time, you know, making the switch from short form to long form content is an investment. It's not something, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to really learn and understand how to do long form content. For example, if you want to go onto YouTube and like the editing process and things like that. So it's definitely an investment, but the whole idea is that hopefully this is an investment that will pay off down the line.
0: Right. Exactly. Um, and, One thing that I do want to dive into um, here as well, talking about brand partnerships is the fact that now, I feel like we're seeing obviously more people who want to become creators or who are creators want to go full time. And we are obviously out there looking hard for brand partnerships. So when something comes into our inbox, it's exciting, it's fun. But so many creators are getting scammed by like these fake companies or even just real companies <laughs> that are just kind of soliciting free work right. out of creators when they really have money to spend um so i'm curious to hear your perspective on you know what is the best way for creators to find real brands to work with that that genuinely like value their work and and don't want them to just you know oh let's do a trial and see how it goes or like we'll gift you this t-shirt and you can do five tiktok posts (laughs) for us (laughs) Uh,
1: Um, (laughs) oh my gosh honestly this i find this topic really upsetting because again it's just not valuing the worth of creators—it's not valuing that content creation is actually a job and a livelihood, yeah. and it's a skill, it's a craft. So, yeah, I'm very annoyed by this whole this whole this whole <laughs> dynamic and power imbalance—is um, very upsetting to me. Firstly, but what I would say is that I think there are some amazing—I think the answer to this is transparency, and it's greater mm-hmm. sharing information. Obviously, that's what we're trying to build out in Canopy, but I think specifically to brand partnerships, I think there are some amazing tools already out there that are doing great work in this space which is around creators sharing information around brands, real brands or yeah. scam brands who have you know not been good to work <laughs> with, do not exist or are taking advantage of creators. Yeah. And creators are now calling them out on these platforms. So I would suggest Clara for Creators is an amazing platform yes. that, where you can go online and you can, you can type in the brand that might have reached out to you and see whether any other creators have reviewed the, that brand before. Um, and same with FYPM. And again, you can go on, you can review the brands, but also, you know, how much that they paid other people before. Was it good to work with? I know FYPM also just released um, a report recently around the best and worst brands to work with. I think that's Mm. really insightful, especially if you're starting out. I would definitely spend time looking through that report and kind of earmarking, you know, who's good, who's not good to work with. Um, Because... I think creators need to share and call out the bad brands. You know, that's the only way it's yeah. going to be better. And it's, it's scary to do that, especially if you're up and coming and, you know, you don't want to burn any bridges. But at the same time, if people don't speak up about bad actors in this space, it's just yeah. going to mean that other creators, unfortunately, fall, fall for this, which is not good for anyone. So I do think definitely rely on these tools. Do your research. And actually doing your research, is it a fun way to spend your time? Would you rather be making <laughs> content? Probably. Yeah. But, you know, go beyond just like reading the email and checking the signature, like go onto their website, go onto their social media pages, go onto their LinkedIn, to check for news articles and media articles mm-hmm. about them being referenced as a real company with real people. Check on LinkedIn if they have employees on there, you know, for their company. Like you kind of yeah. have to kind of become a bit of an FBI at this point <laughs> and make sure that they're real. And yes, it's upfront investment, but it will save you a lot of time and I'll take down the line because imagine you spending your time making five pieces of content thinking you're going to get paid or thinking you're going to get something in return you submit that yeah. content and then you don't get anything and they ghost you and you never hear from them again like that's a very painful and I have spoken to creative friends of who's, who's that has happened to which is really disappointing yeah. so definitely do your research and again this is where it comes into having creative friends you know the first people I message when a brand reaches yep. out to me that I'm not familiar with I'll text a friend to say hey have you heard of them? Like I saw X about it. Do you know anything about them? Can you give me a bit of background? So definitely lean on other people and do your research.
0: Yeah. And also I think if you are in this industry, like doing the research is kind of fun. Like I, you know, I think you would want to be able to learn everything you can about a brand that you're going to potentially be like sharing with your audience, you know? Um, And it's, it's cool to see kind of like what other brands are are doing. So I I definitely think that is a very important piece of the puzzle. Um, and also just presenting yourself in a way that I think is going to show your value. And that almost kind of comes back to like what we were originally talking about at the start of the episode with Imposter syndrome. You know, you have right. to walk into the room and be like, "No, I am really great. I do this. <laughs> I do that. Like, I'm amazing. You should hire me." Um, obviously in better words, but you know, going into it confident because, like, how are you going to sell how awesome you are to a brand if you're not even like feeling that yourself? So, Absol- um, it's absolutely. a mental thing
1: too. No, for sure. I would also want. I actually also want to call out one of the brand red flags to me. Is when mm. they only engage with you over DMs, and don't get me wrong, oh, yeah. a lot of brand deals start on DMs because you know you might reach out to the brand on via DM, they might reach out to you, and that's completely yeah. fine. But if the only conversation, the only record and order trail you have is just a DM conversation, I mm-hmm. really don't believe that's probably not legitimate. So really, you yeah. need to be taking that conversation from DMs over to email and be corresponding yeah. with someone over email. Have a, even a phone call. Like I've had briefings when they've, I've gotten a phone call with the team to go through the brief right. and, whatever, and put a face to the name, and they've invested their time as well. So I would definitely be cautious if your only engagement is via DM because that yeah. feels suspicious.
0: That is definitely a red flag. I would completely agree with that one. I mean, you cannot send a contract through Instagram DMs. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and if there's not a contract, they don't have to pay you. So uh, yes, bring it to the email for sure. Um, and another red flag too, to add on to that is when it's a Gmail email, like when you do bring it to email or you get a, <laughs> you get an email inbound from a brand, it's like Hair at gmail.com. I'm just like, listen, if Pulp Riot is sending you a, a Gmail
1: no, come on. Come on. No. And again, this, this this sounds really obvious. But again, if you're starting out as a creator yes. and you're just getting into this space, it's mm-hmm. really easy to be taken advantage of and to not see these signs. So I just think yeah. it's, it's a lesson for everyone. Yeah, a hundred percent.
0: Well, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge today. I feel like these are just so many different topics that I know everyone listening has struggled with at some point or is currently struggling with, um, myself included. So thank you for
1: being so transparent today and and sharing all your info. Of course. Thank you for having me. This has been so much fun. And as I said, I'm also part of your community. So I love the content. I love this podcast. (laughs) So thank you for having me.
0: Of course. And thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you next week.